All right, so we're starting this new thing tonight. It's going to go over the next five weeks. And basically what it's going to be is we're going to be looking at five different passages in which Jesus refers and talks about and, and touches people who would be considered the leftovers in society, the people that would con- be considered the, um, you know, the losers in society, the people that people don't want to hang out with. But I have a video for you to watch first, and it's pretty funny, so... Where's your fork? I don't know. You don't know? Right over there! (laughs) Where's your fork? I don't know. Right there! Right there! I don't know. Where's your fork? I don't know. It's right there in your hand! I don't know! (laughs) Mama! What? My blind fork! I see it in your hand. It's in your hand. So just like the kid, a lot of times whenever we're walking through life, whenever we're going to school and we're going at home and we're going at the ball fields, we're going at church, a lot of times we try to figure out this thing called life and we try to figure out this thing called following Christ and we try to do it to the best of our ability without recognizing that we have the tools right in front of us, the tools right in our hands to make it work, but we try to make it work without the tools. Right? So just like that kid, the, the, the tools are right here in front of our face, right? The, the Bible is right here in our hands. It's in our grasp, but we continue to, to fight this fight, and we continue to go to school, and we continue to struggle with our relationships, and we continue to struggle with, with, our, our, with our parents and, and with our schoolwork and with our language and with our attitudes, but we, we have yet to pick up the tool that's in front of us that helps us to fix that problem. Right? And that's what we're going to see tonight as Jesus gives us a couple of examples. Um, but I titled the message tonight, One Lost Sheep. Okay? And hopefully in your core groups, you kind of looked at three different examples, but we're really going to point to one and then we're going to bring it all together at the end. Okay? So let's open up in prayer and then we're going to get started. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity to come together. God, I thank you for our core groups. And Lord, I pray that you would just take the next couple of minutes and uh, help us to learn about you and grow closer to you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. One lost sheep. And in Luke chapter 15, here's the big idea of the message tonight. After hearing the religious leaders grumble about his attitude towards sinners... Jesus tells three parables that illustrate God's extravagant love for the lost. This text teaches us that it doesn't matter what you've done or how how you're undeserving. All right, so let's jump in. Verse 1 in Luke 15. And the first thing I want you to notice is Jesus' haters, right? Like, yeah, Jesus had haters. Um... Verse 15 or verse 1 says this. Now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near to him to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble saying, "This man receives sinners and eats with them." 
Okay, so as Jesus went about teaching and ministering to people, um, the more that he went out and preached, the more that he went out and taught, the more he went out and healed people, the more the, the sinners of the world would, would come around, right? The people that were considered outcasts in society, they would draw near. Um, and also the more the religious people and leaders, they disliked him, Right? And we see that here in this text. We see that Jesus, he's teaching, and it says that sinners and lost people, they came to hear what he had to say. They came to hear what he was going to do. They came to see what he was going to do. And, and we see the religious leaders take offense to this, and they, and they start um, kind of attacking Jesus here. You almost get the feel of how uncomfortable this is. It says that they started to grumble, Right? Like they started to kind of murmur kind of under their breath a little bit. And you get this idea that it was kind of like a loud little roar that was going on behind Jesus. Um, and he could hear them actually talking. And what they were saying, they were like, can you believe this guy? He claims to be Jesus Christ, yet he hangs out with sinners. Like, can you believe this? Look who he's talking to right now. We are not allowed to talk to those people. See, they were caught up in their tradition. They were caught up in, in their Old Testament laws. They were caught up in, in their religious um, ideas that they had created to be religious. You had to fall under these certain circumstances, and they didn't like that Jesus was kind of tearing those walls down. See, that was the problem. Um, they thought they had him, right? See, but here's the problem. Jesus is bigger than their tradition. Like Jesus, he, he was bigger than all of their tradition, traditions. Um, he, he was stronger and he was smarter than their customs. Uh, though they tried to bring him down, he always had a valid answer. And, and this is us in our lives a lot of times. How often do we get bogged down in our walk with Christ due to the haters in our life? Right? Like if you think about your everyday life and when you go to school and, and you're around people... In our core group, um, just now we had a talk about, um, you know, how you, how you get away from God, right? And a lot of times that's because of the people around you, the people you surround yourselves with. Um, you know, maybe if you're a cheerleader, there's this certain stigma that goes along with being a cheerleader. You're supposed to act a certain way. You're supposed to look a certain way. And if you do that, then you don't fit in. You're not worthy of being a cheerleader, Right? Even if that goes against God's words, and, and according to Scripture, those people are haters of Christ, right? You see, those that, that treat us as outsiders because we don't fit in with the crowd, or those that look at us funny or talk bad about us because we live for God rather than for pride, because we humble ourselves instead of boasting about our lives, like, because we give in to Scripture rather than to lies and to gossip, right? But, but because we attempt to sell Christ as a focal point rather than sexualizing our bodies as, as, to define who we are, right? We all have haters in our lives, and those haters, what they do is they make you feel like an outcast. They make you feel like you shouldn't belong here with us. You shouldn't be in this cool group. You shouldn't um, be popular because you live a certain way, you believe a certain way. The same thing was happening to Jesus Christ here. The popular people, the, the, the wealthy people here were looking at Jesus and they said, hey, you don't belong here. I know who you claim to be, but you don't truly belong here because you aren't living like us. You don't look like us. You don't carry yourself like us. 
And you guys hear that every single day. Yeah, they don't present it just like that, but it's in your life every single day. And I want to encourage you because the same thing happened to Jesus. And the truth is, uh, we all have haters in our lives if we truly follow Jesus. But Jesus offers us much more than what those people can offer you. Like I showed my core group a picture of one of my high school friends who was really popular in school. Um, he just got arrested and put in jail again last Thursday. Right? Like, like, where did that get him? I'm glad that I didn't give in to whatever he was selling. Right? You don't have to give in to that. You don't have to give in to this idea that you have to be an insider at school because most likely if you're an outcast, if you're an outsider at school because of your Christian beliefs, you're doing something right. But then number two, not only do we see Jesus as haters, but we see Jesus as love. And we see that in verse three. Look at this. He says, so he told them this parable saying, what man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open pasture and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. You see, this illustration is a direct correlation with Jesus's relationship to us. In John chapter 10, you find that Jesus actually is speaking to the people and he says, listen, I want you to understand this. Um, I know my sheep. My sheep hear me. My sheep follow me. We are his sheep, right? So in this text, he's saying, listen, understand if, um, you know, you don't fit in, right? Understand if um, you're not necessarily the most popular person. I understand if, um, you know, in this time, if I'm not even supposed to be talking to you because you have a disease. You're a woman and, and you're of a different nationality. I shouldn't even be talking to you according to their standards, but here's my standards. My standard is love. My standard is the idea that you are one of my children and you have gone astray, so I'm going to go after you and I'm going to bring you home. Right? Like, that's what Jesus says. And whenever you feel like an outcast at school, whenever you feel like you're being left out in society as a whole, um, I want to encourage you because most likely whenever you're out there all by yourself, Jesus is searching for you and Jesus is calling your name. And all you have to do is turn around and, and, and approach Jesus and Jesus is going to come take you home. Because it's tough, Right? It's tough, and especially when we keep giving in, and especially when we keep messing up, and especially when we keep sinning, and we feel like we aren't worthy, and we feel like God doesn't love us anymore, we continue to be that one sheep that gets away, and Jesus continues to come get you and bring you home, because Jesus has a magnificent love for you that is way bigger than any love you've ever experienced. Listen, your parents, they love you a bunch, right? Your youth pastor, I love you a bunch. These youth leaders, they love you a bunch, right? Listen, there's not much, um, there's not many people who would go to work all day, um, then come home and put up with Savannah and still come to church and feed you, right? <laughs> Melinda loves you. It's encouraging, right? Everybody say, I love you, Melinda. Love you, Melinda. Yeah, right? You see, but as much as we love, you could take all that love and combine it, and it doesn't touch just, just the mere nature of Jesus' love for you. 
It doesn't matter how many times you kind of turn your back on him. It doesn't matter how many times you sin or let him down. Jesus loves you for who you are, the way you are. Jesus doesn't say, hey, you have to lose 10 pounds or I'm not going to love you. Jesus doesn't say, hey, you have to have blonde hair, blue eyes, and straight teeth or I'm not going to love you. Right? Because God made you for you. God made you to be you. He doesn't want you to be anybody else. But then lastly, I want you to see Jesus' joy because this is important. Right? We see Jesus' haters. We see Jesus' love. But look at Jesus' joy in chapter 15, verse 5. It says, When he is founded, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me. For I found my sheep, which was lost. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. You see, Jesus finds an infinite level of joy in his children whenever they say, hey, I'm coming back home. Right? Like, Jesus doesn't have time for the believer who thinks he's perfect, who thinks she's perfect, and who thinks that, you know, they, they have no need for Jesus' forgiveness. Jesus ha- doesn't have time for that. Jesus loves, and Jesus has an infinite amount of joy whenever it comes to that child, that sheep who is wandering, and that sheep that says, hey, I'm better off with Jesus. So I'm going to turn around, I'm going to fix my life, I'm going to go to Jesus, and I'm going to let Jesus clean me up, and I'm going to turn things around right now, and I'm going to start living for God right now, and I'm going to start speaking to people in a godly way right now. I'm going to start acting towards people and and handling my anger in a godly way right now because I'm going to live for Jesus, and Jesus loves me, and Jesus has joy whenever I stop all those things and I live for Him. Speaking of joy, I've, I've got another video, and this is pretty hilarious, so I want you to watch it. Okay. Ah, I've been waiting for this moment for months, and it's finally here. I'm finally going to get a heritage unit, unit on camera. Yeah! All right, look at that, a 1953 E8. Woohoo! Oh, yeah, listen to that bell. Yeah, listen to that bell. Oh, take a look at that. Oh, my God! Woo! Listen to that horn! Oh, my God! Oh, she's beautiful! She is beautiful, yeah! All right! Oh, my... Oh! 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 Oh no, it's a BL2 too! Oh, oh, oh the SNC 52! Oh my god! Oh, we're, we're gonna watch this. Oh, this is special. This is special. Oh, oh that horn gives me the chills. Oh, and the chills have absolutely nothing to do with how cold it is here. Oh, oh but that doesn't stop a foamer. Oh, especially when it comes to heritage equipment. Oh, this is fantastic. Oh, oh my goodness. Look at that. Blue and gray. 
Oh, couple to the oh, Iowa Pacific, number 518. Woohoo! Ah-ha! Woo! Listen to that horn. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. All right. Ah. Oh. Yeah, I wonder who T.C. Durant is. Oh, well. Ah! This is just awesome. I've been waiting for this for months. Look at that. Illinois Central livery. Right here in North Creek. Ah! That is awesome. Ah! Oh, yeah. I can't believe I got this. Oh, yeah. Ah! Okay. All right. Listen up. Listen up. Listen up. We're wrapping up. While it's much different than that, it's a much different scenario than that. I couldn't find a way to picture the joy, <laughs> like that guy over trains. See, here's the thing. We know that according to Scripture, heaven celebrates every time a child of God comes home. Right. Like, if you look at these three stories in this text that, you know, I hope you looked over in your core group, notice how Jesus raises the stakes with the thing he's referring to. First, he's referring to a sheep, right? And then the next story, he goes on and he's talking about a coin. A lady loses her coin and she finds her coin. And then it goes on to the story of the the lost son, the son, the man who lost his son, but his son came home. Right? You see, it builds up and builds up. See, there's an important, important point here is that Jesus sees everyone as valuable. Like he sees you as valuable. It doesn't matter how much money your parents have. It doesn't matter, um, you know, what kind of cars you get to drive. It doesn't matter what you get on your ACT. Jesus says you're valuable. Jesus says that you mean something. You matter to Jesus. Right? You matter to Jesus. You mean something to Jesus. Your life, your soul, it means something to Jesus. And, and sometimes it's time for us to just sit back and, and just think about our lives and to think about where we are and to say, hey, maybe it's time for me to go home. Like maybe it's time for me to turn, turn around, stop my life right now. And look at Jesus and try to live for Jesus. Because we get so carried away with this fast-paced life, you know, that you guys try to live. You guys have sports. You guys have um, school. You've got work. You've got, you know, competitions. You've got tests. You've got all this stuff you're trying to squeeze into your life. And sometimes it's it's, it's important to just sit back and stop and look at Jesus and say, Okay, I get it. I get it. I'm that lost sheep right now. So I'm going to pray for you tonight. 
that if there's someone here that that maybe you don't even notice you are that lost sheep. Maybe you're just going through life and every single day and it's just kind of a roller coaster of events um, and you don't even realize that you're that lost sheep, but Jesus has been calling out to you and he's saying, listen, I want you to come home. I want to do something with you. I want to make something big out of your life, but I can't do that unless you turn around and come home. Maybe that's you. I'm going to pray for you tonight, right? And I want you to go home tonight, and I want you to think about this, and I want, to, I want you to play this out in your mind and, and determine, am I that lost sheep, right? And if any of you needs anything, if you need to talk or anything, I'm available. Like if you're one of the girls and you're uncomfortable, come talk to me. Melinda's available. Cherie's available, Right? Some of you guys, Jed's available to talk to. That's what we're here for. Everybody lock up. Dear God, we thank you for this message. Thank you for uh, loving us enough to send your son to die on the cross for our sins and And God, thank you for all the times that I've been that lost sheep, all the times that I've made maybe a bad decision, all the times that maybe I've done the wrong things and I feel undeserving of your love. You still love me enough that you come after me and you bring me home, God. And Lord, I pray for that student that's here tonight that's struggling with that. Maybe they don't even know they're struggling with it. God, I pray that you would just touch their heart tonight. God, I pray that you would just speak to them tonight and that they would see your love for them and that they would see um, what they mean to you, God, and they wouldn't try to sell their their bodies as something uh, for popularity or sell you know, their money for something that can get them somewhere in life, but rather look to you for everything. And God, sell, sell their life to you and just live it, live it out for you, Jesus. God, I pray that you would help us as leaders to be there for them and to support them. And, you know, when when there's times that we disagree, God, I pray that you would just give us the wisdom and give us the words to, you know, handle those situations. And when there's times that they just need some support, God, that we would be that support. We would be that lifting up that they need. Lord, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.